Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 116 for Tuesday, August 10th. I'm Alex Zui. I'm here today with Ray Estrada and Farbode Markazi. Coming up, we are going to be talking a lot about the wildcard races on both the AL side and NL side. They look very different from one another, but you know, baseball the last week has been great. We'll, we'll break that down. We will also talk about Brock Holt's incredible historic pitching performance of of all things this has been the year of position player pitching performances and we will also celebrate a usa silver medal which you know when you're when you're talking about the olympics in in baseball in the usa you kind of you kind of hope for more but you know they they got that far so we'll talk about all that stuff uh right up ahead before we jump into it i just want to remind you to check us out on social media at Beat the Shift BP on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, that's the easiest way to get in touch with us. But we want to hear what you uh, think about the topics that we talk about, and yeah, that's the place to do it at Beat the Shift BP. All right, let's let's get started. Ray Farbode, how are you guys doing? Ready to go. Let's do this. Wasting um, no also... time. I also disagree with your take on the USA getting the silver medal. So I'm ready to talk about that later on. All right. Yeah, we, we definitely will. I, I'm, I'm up for talking just, uh, you know, Olympics recap in general, because it I was, you were just going to stop it. I'm up, I'm up for talking. It was like, a, is, isn't that the point of what we're doing? You guys want to talk about baseball sometime? I think, I think we could do it. I think <laughs> yeah, we could pull it off. Recorded too. Yeah, maybe. But like the Olympics, episodes. yeah, the Olympics in general were just really fun to watch this year. I, I think I watched more than most past years. Um, it's, I watched less than most past years because I had no idea when anything was on. Yes, well, so my... you could barely find anything <laughs> online, which is really dumb. My job is to watch sports, and I watched less Olympics this year. Well, you, you had a different reason for that. I, I don't know. It was... It was a good Olympics despite the the circumstances, uh, but you know we'll, we can get into that a little bit later on. We can bash NBC all we want, um, in and their, Peacock and Peacock, yes. Uh, but I, I think the the place to start with, you know, of all those things that I that I brought up in the intro that really can stand the test of time will be Brock Holt and his amazing pitching performance coming in in a blowout pitching for the rangers if you didn't know brock holt is on the rangers right now and he pitched a uh he pitched a, a perfect inning against the 10 pitches against the a's and some some 10 pitches they were he registered the slowest pitch that just ever and slowest also strike ever for sure also yeah and, and it's the for a slowest pitch ever it's the slowest pitch ever thrown during a game since pitches began being getting tracked by current technology in 2008. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say ever at this point because there would <laughs> probably be record of somebody just lofting rainmakers t- towards home plate. And it's gotta be, it's gotta have happened at some point though when pit when you had like one pitcher per team and he threw like 70 innings in a day. Yeah. It was, Man, what, I don't 31... know that. <laughs> it, it was 31 miles an hour, but I don't want us to slight the fact that he threw a 34 miles an hour one either. 
uh, two, and then a seventy-seven mile an hour fastball. So, I, I mean, differential. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's there's a reason he had the perfect inning. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading this article right now. It said considering Holt had a career thirteen point five ERA coming into the game, this was all pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh that's that's pretty comical um but yeah 34 31 77 brock holt yeah angels need you in the pen <laughs> this this is according to a tweet from uh codify inc uh that 31.1 mile hour pitch came in at 630 rpms and had <laughs> just shy of 25 feet of drop <laughs> yeah man I think that's the thing. You're you're talking about even on a day where a pitcher could have you know no no shoulder no elbow strength at all. It's just complete lead. I think an adult man would be able to huck a ball in there faster than that. I was curious just just watching those those pitches come in and thinking you know how in little league. Or in Pony League, they they have machine pitch, and it's just a little catapult that they set up about you know forty feet from from home plate, and it just lofts the ball in there. And I was curious to see like how how hard do those things throw, and the range of those machines, I think they go as low as about twenty miles an hour, the high teens, but up to forty five. So I imagine most of the time, when coaches are setting those up for machine pitch games they're lo- they're lofting lobs in there faster than brock holt was lobbing major league baseballs up to major league hitters because it, it's really hard to to get the trajectory right when you're talking about having that much arc it's so much different than just effortlessly it's a lobbing game. a ball <laughs> yeah it, it it requires technique he practices it he was he was definitely not going out there trying the that for the first time. Strike. Exactly. It, it takes a lot of precision and a lot of technique to it, be able to do that. It, and it's, it's also having umpired like, you know, 10, 11 year old games. It's that infuriating stuff of like, there's so much drop on this ball that yes, it, it crossed like at the shoulders, but it ends at the kids like thighs. It's like, okay, just hit that ball. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... If it goes through the entire strike zone from top to bottom, I think that should be a strike. They should adjust the rules to make that the case. I I do have a question. Um, I went on a bit of a tangent just thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, normal things that fall from 25 feet hurt. And you know when like a catcher hit, like hit, or any like when you're playing catch or something and you catch the ball in that spot of your glove, it just stings a little bit. Do you think it hurt? It was twenty five feet still, like if if, like, if do you it think had it that hurt, much of a drop. Do you think it hurt the baseball or what? What are you asking? The Wait. <laughs> like, do you think it? Do you think it had at least some of that sting that like? But the, uh, but like you can toss a ball straight up twenty five feet in the air and it doesn't hurt when it hits. Yeah. Your glove. You ever just thrown a ball like, straight up in the air and caught it? Is. You ever caught a fly ball? <laughs> no, I was a pitcher. <laughs> I'm to get oh, yeah. out of the way. <laughs> Uh, yeah with a po here yeah fun throws it back a little too hard and he's like ow yeah dude yes fun fact fun fact baseballs have traveled above the 25 foot threshold of height uh in other in other cases just not usually from the pitcher to the catcher uh yes (laughs) 
I think hey, I think you might want to you might want to re, re I, I've that seen one. it from the capture to the pitcher before. Hey, the logic made sense in my head. Okay. <laughs> it is that time of night, I suppose. Uh, I I think that's about all we have for Brock Holt. But I I'm just waiting for his next outing or for the next, for the next memorable position player right for the next brett phillips outing and just anything what's his career right career now i have to find this out well it's because if he came in with a 13.5 a whole scoreless inning better so yeah it's got to be down pretty significantly i think uh, so at this it's point a seven seven one now hey congrats, congrats. <laughs> yeah, it, he had two games in 2020 uh pitched he went inning in the third Gave up five hits and two runs and a home run. So he's given up two runs in two and a, two and a third. Like, all mm-hmm. right. He's a career 875 fifth. Yeah, there you go. I, he's not, I don't think he's using the sticky <laughs> stuff. So, so actually, the, either, the, so. what you're saying is that the underlying numbers don't support that he should have a 771. You know, I don't I don't want to get into that with Brock Holt. I think we just should <laughs> admire the beauty of how he pitched that game. Um Yeah, we we don't need to go all baseball savanti on Brock Holt. You brought up the fifth. Mm. I did. And I'm sorry for that. Rough. It was a dog. Roo roo roo. Alright. Well, I have to I have to end this with uh with a bit of a ranking discussion here so i I would say the three most memorable three is a lot mind you most memorable position player pitching moments of the year would be this one with brock holt you mentioned brett phillips and then of course your mean mercedes lighten up williams ostadio also lobbing in pitches (laughs) and i i just want i just want to know like where where do you rank these three and what order do you put them in, in terms of so standing the test rank. of time? Uh, it, it, yeah, because they're so like amazing in their own ways. Yeah, I would still. I have I, I've put Brett Phillips's personality and everything he did there on a pedestal above everything else. As great as this thirty-one miles an hour pitch is, and as impressive as it is, um, the fact that like listening to other podcasts and actual major leaguers and teammates of Brett Phillips talking like that's how he actually pitches like <laughs> he he wasn't trying to make a joke of with his motion or his wind up to home plate that's actually how he throws a, he envisioned him how his wind up would be from the mound um and i think that personality just puts him slightly higher than 31 miles an hour i don't really consider the your mean mercedes thing because uh every time i think of that i just get mad at tony larusa and i don't like being mad uh hey but he has a law degree so like bro he's a hall of famer hall of famer brother exactly <laughs> um so that's that's at least my rankings i have uh brett phillips then uh brock holt and then uh your mean mercedes going deep okay uh ray i I still hold Brett Phillips just like how amazing the whole like it was an experience. Was. Yeah, it wasn't just like an in any scoreless inning. It was an experience from Brett Phillips. But I'm tempted to put the Mercedes moment. I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna isolate it from all the shitstorm that came after it, um, only because I think it's more impressive how far Humi can hit a ball thrown that softly, Fair. at like 44 miles an hour, than the fact that Brock Holt kind of just time, like mastered the lob shot. So, I but think if you're I'm gonna put Mercedes at two, but if you're talking about impressive, I, I, you could also argue that it's human. It should be humanly impossible. Impo- is that a word? Um, to throw a 31 mile an hour lob and make it a strike. So. I'm not saying it's not impressive, but like, it's it is kind of just like basically throwing. He basically threw a fly ball to the catcher. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we've all done that. Like, Yermin Mercedes hit a ball that was 45 miles an hour. Uh, like four hundred feet. It's like four hundred, and that is wasn't it like four hundred sixty feet? It was like a was it, it was, that far? I'm gonna look it up now. I I remember it was just it was a bomb. It was I know it was a bomb like, to like left just center, a so yeah, four hundred foot, you know, home run. But that that's just pure dad strength. Yeah, I I think I think hitting a ball that soft that far is a little impressive than like just mastering a thirty one mile an hour toss. Mm. Okay, so you rank the you you rank uh well I guess it's Ostadio's outing. Ostadio, Phillips, Holt? Yeah. Okay. I no, I go Phillips, Ostadio, Holt. Oh, Phillips above it. Okay. Yeah. Phillips right. is number one. Yeah, I you're looking at three different levels of memorability here because Ostadio's outing in Mercedes and, and everything that came after that will be relevant in any unwritten rules discussion going forward like forever it, it'll always be referred back to and like remember when this happened you have in brock holt's case just a straight-up trivia question for which i don't know how i i don't know how long it'll last somebody somebody might just go out there and try to beat his record but had the slowest pitch ever recorded yeah that's that's going to be relevant as long as some somebody's gonna hold it and right now it's Brock Holt and then you have Brett Phillips who will probably have the most reenactment value of any of these because you know that there's goofy kids out there you you know a new wave of baseball fans who when they're messing around with different pitching motions and whatever the Brett Phillips I think will stand the test of time because nobody throws like that but it's just hilarious and people will probably want to try it and you go out there and like, hey, that's that's Brett Phillips. So three it's different also levels related, there. It's also a relatability factors. Like, what would you do if I just gave you a baseball and I told you, hey, we're down by a lot of runs. Go in this major league game and just have fun. Like, that's that's just what you just like the way that personality was like, he didn't care that he wasn't really giving up much. He, he was just having fun with it. Mm hmm. They were definitely having fun with it, for sure. I guess I didn't really give an order. I'll say... I will say Ostadio, uh, Phillips, Holt. In in terms of my rankings. Alright, well, that was that was an important That's discussion. That's just your bias of Ostadio. Mm, I don't think it was. Because I, I'll agree with Ray in saying that the, the ball that was hit was was just that impressive so and and not to mention all the the unwritten rules impact that that comes along with it um 
let's go ahead and move on from from this. This is a great discussion, a very important one to have. Glad we let off the show with that. But we'll we'll start moving into some of the more playoff race relevant discussion. And we'll we'll start on the NL side actually here with an NL really the NL West is running the show just in the National League and, and maybe in baseball at this point, you could argue too, with the Giants playing as well as they have been, the Dodgers, who are just ridiculously stacked, and then the Padres, who, you know, were coming into the year were intended to rival the Dodgers. Whether or not they got there at the start of the season is, is beside the point. They're still a really good team. And right now, they're, they would be the the two wild card teams and of course the the west so they they would have all or three playoff teams of, of those three out there the dodgers had a very important series against a an even more important rival from from a few years ago really is where the the issue stem but the astros and dodgers last week with their new acquisitions might have been the height of regular season baseball just from a a drama and excitement standpoint so ray i'm just going to ask you as somebody who was there who was at max scherzer's debut what that that energy was like and if if you want to translate that into the kind of implications that it has on this season you you can but if you want to just talk about how awesome it was you know that's that's fine um, too <laughs> yeah having never been to a like mlb playoff game Definitely the most like playoff atmosphere, most electric atmosphere, because it's it's just and I think being at the second game too, the first game is a lot of delays with inflatable trash cans on the field and stuff. This was like everybody kind of honed in. Altuve had a golden sombrero that was amazing. Max Scherzer just striking out ten in his Dodger debut and curtain call and all that. It was it was just. Awesome, and I think, I mean, they kind of laid it dead in the, in the next game against the Angels, but it's that it's Woo-hoo. that kind of win. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of win that you know when you're they haven't gained the game on the Giants in like oh almost two weeks because every time the Giants lose, the Dodgers lose, and every time the Giants win, the Dodgers win. So the uh, they literally cannot have two different results on the same night, it appears. But it's something like that that can propel you to win, you know, instead of winning four out of every six games coming down, you're winning the five out of six and all that stuff. So having adding Scherzer is huge. And that, yeah, that series was, it being an isolated two-game series with off-base on both sides, I think helps. And, yeah, that atmosphere was... Uh, amazing mm-hmm. yeah i can i can only imagine and the i can't imagine there was much uh toxicity at this point because i i'd find it hard to believe that astros fans came out in droves i, I think it was more just the dodgers piling on no the yeah the astros, fans didn't, the astros fans didn't talk much they came out in their probably for the best like jerseys <laughs> and got booed and got booed mercilessly every time they walked by, but that was about it. Um, so you're, yeah, I lost my voice. Suffice to say, <laughs> at that game. So you're telling me what I see on social media. 
Because I saw a video of a Dodgers fan like throwing a beer at an Astros at an Astros fan. So you're telling me that toxicity isn't representative of the entire fan base? Because social media definitely makes it seem like all Dodgers fans were doing was <laughs> trying to beat up on those one well, Astros. Well the ones that fan get filmed are the, are the the ones that get filmed are the Dodger fans who are idiots. Yeah. And then but yeah, it, yeah. Uh, and there's also a lot of dumbass Astro fans who uh, try to get back at Dodger fans for stuff. I mean, overall, there's just dumb fans. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, we were talking game. about this before. Yeah, where yeah. uh, is accessible? Yeah, like it happens. It, was, it just was an electric time <laughs> to watch, even on television or wherever you watch your games. Um, if it's not blacked out, which the MLB likes to do, um. I don't know. I that Scherzer outing was so much fun to watch for me, and I can't imagine how much more fun it was for you being there uh, and being a Dodgers fan. Scherzer's probably my favorite pitcher in baseball, so like just watching that, that so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you you have the Dodgers who seem unbeatable, and as you mentioned, as great as they are, the Giants just will not lose games especially on days when the Dodgers win they cannot seem to make up any ground and it really is amazing because you can I'm gonna go ahead and make the comparison across leagues here where you have the Giants who have just exceeded all expectations with the roster that they have on the National League side and the Red Sox to this point in the season really have done the same they they had no expectations of being great uh, coming into the season, this was supposed to be like a regroup year for them. Um, and they've had a recent slide. They've, they've kind of come back down to earth. And the Giants have seemingly just gone in the opposite direction and continued to, to take off even further with the help of well, whatever, Chris Bryant and among others. But, man. Whatever juju goes on in San Francisco on years that they're good, like other teams need to figure that out. I, I don't know. This team just based on how what they were expected to do and everything like some people are calling them like the team of destiny the dodgers are probably the first ever actual like on paper super team in mlb history and it's they're just struggling to find ways to get back up there <laughs> like uh it, it, everyone assumes like that it's going to happen at some point but that's what we've also that's what we said two weeks ago and it just didn't happen so um if the dodgers go like another two three weeks with the same thing of they lose when the giants lose and what they win when the giants win ray do you are you going to be able to call the giants a team of destiny for 2021 because for some reason it's just meant to be i i mean team of destiny is is a is a bit out there they'd have to have some like really stupid breaks they just i mean they just seem to be a good team um they they seem like i mean this is kind of cliche and kind of dumb of me to say but like they've all like obviously none of them are stud like star star players other than you could make an argument for chris bryant but they just all play together like they're they are the epitome of what a like a winning team is because they, they are like the Cardinals. They are incredibly boring. 
Yeah, they're but, like there's nothing that's like sexy about that team, but it, they just make it work. Cause one guy's down, the another guy's gonna pick him up. Like, I don't know. Like the Giants are just like I said when I first started getting on the soapbox. Whatever juju <laughs> they got going on in San Francisco, uh, other teams need to figure out how to acquire it. Yeah, and I don't. I really don't know what it is other than just they're playing really good baseball. Is all it comes down to, and the that momentum carries. They've they've held, they've held it up, after all this time, and I think a lot of it has to do with them having a good mix of really solid veteran players combined with some, some younger spark plug type of pieces. Did you guys know that the Giants? lead all of major league baseball in home runs this season the giants wait i'm waiting that's <laughs> that is that is absolutely dumb yeah it really is especially when you consider that their team leaders in homers it's crawford and yastrzemski who are tied with 18 homers that's the team that's the team leader in home runs is 18 for the team that has hit the most homers in baseball this year. That's, un- that's pretty unbelievable, isn't it? In the ballpark that they play in with the lineup that they have. <laughs> yeah. And again, nobody hit has hit 20 home runs for them. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's not one like, Oh, that's, that's your go-to guy. That's your stud. It's like, everyone's just being good. Everyone's like, contributing. Like, like Posey's been probably the has I mean I'm not looking at his in front of me but like the offensive star but he only plays once every like three days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So do you want to do you guys want to take a guess see how see if you can name every Giants player who has ten or more homers. Oh, ten or more homers. Yeah, there are eight of them. So you gave me eight. Of, so you gave me Crawford and Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two leaders. There's six Cozy. more. Yep. Longo? No, not Longo. Longo's been injured too I, long. He's been hurt, yeah. Um, Brent Belt? Has he been injured? Uh, he has been injured, but he is 15 homers. That was Okay, okay. Belt. Does Chris Bryant count? He, well, he's not one of them. He has one Giants home run. Oh, so, okay. Barry Not Bonds. Either freaking roster. Barry Bonds. <laughs> Does Casale have more than ten? No, he only has five. Wow. Who plays on that team? <laughs> exactly, uh, man. Exactly. <laughs> Ramon um, Wade's been hot, but he has. Does he doesn't have more than ten home runs? He has thirteen homers. What? Yeah, he's he's been hitting for a lot of power. Uh. uh Wilmer Flores. Yep, Wait, that's another one. He is. He's oh, very. Okay. <laughs> he's. He is still a giant, and he's got fourteen homers for them. Uh, Darren Ruff. Yep, <laughs> that's. Yeah, I'm amazed that you got that one. Thirteen homers for Darren Ruff. I I've watched a decent amount of Giants games recently, mm-hmm. but I still don't remember. There's one. Team. There's one more. I can go ahead and give it to you. Has La Stella played? No, he, games to get... he okay. is not. He's he is one homer with them uh, in just 30 games. I, think, about, I feel like he's been out. Yeah, he's been out a lot of the year. Uh, Jeff Smarja. Yep, that's him. 
<laughs> the last one would be Alex Dickerson, who is 12. Oh, but it's, the most generic baseball player of all time. It's just a lot of role More players. Than Corey Dickerson. A lot of platoon role uh, players who I, are hitting really well. Like, dude, Alex Dickerson looks like the base creative player if you made a look at it, <laughs> and that be the show, because it's no wristbands, like, a very generic haircut. Um, and just, I'm like, on my way to look that up. <laughs> like, legit, he looks so... He looks so dumb out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the Giants for you. That's the Giants this year. This is the team that is holding off the Dodgers. And I... I it took two out of three in Milwaukee this weekend. And in a both, really, both really good, wins. yeah, in a really, really tight series, and one of them, the Giants were basically handed the the win. Yes. When Garcia couldn't come down with the fly ball on the warning track, but they made him pay for that one for sure. That is that is the team right there, and the significance of this cannot be overstated. In that, yes, it is more than likely at this point that all three of these teams will be in the playoffs with the Padres probably not coming out in first place here. Realistically with Tati still out. Especially. The Reds are making a push for that second wildcard spot. The Reds are close there, but you look at the quality of these NLS teams. It'd be really hard yes. to imagine anything but, happening, but, but, but the Padres seem to forget to win against teams that are not named the Dodgers. So the Padres do have their, their issues, but the, the importance of winning the division cannot be overstated because that is the difference between having to play a one game playoff against one of these other like in in all likelihood really good division rivals for a wild card playoff well, versus in my five mind, game series against the winner of that division rival but the yeah, you know the five, five game, game series, series is so much different yeah in a five game series even yeah. though like you could be walking in and like your team could be cold the other team could be hot and they could take two games like you still have a chance. You have more than one game. Baseball, we know what happens. And I think, and I was on the podcast last week, but what I was going to say about the Scherzer and Turner deals, I think that's the Dodgers saying, bro, we need to win this division because if we don't, we, we're so confident in winning the wildcard game. But baseball is a crapshoot sometimes. If we have this roster, this payroll, and we are a wildcard team, and losing the wild card game and aren't like aren't like moving on being getting deep in the playoffs making the world series winning the world series that's bad uh, i think that's why that's one of the reasons dodgers were so aggressive in not only the guys not only like actually i, I think that's why they were so aggressive in just getting the guys of the caliber of scherzer and trey turner that's i mean one of the reasons the goal is to win a world series and you try to take the best players available to fit your team. And the Dodgers are the only team that is willing slash able to do that on a consistent basis. Oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not discounting them. No, um, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, they, I think they understand the importance a... of winning the division and not just making it to the playoffs. Via the exactly. Wild card. And losing, like, I, I just think at this point with their playoff history winning the world series last year with the roster they have right now the payroll and everything if they were to make the wild card and lose in a one nothing game to the padres or the giants whichever one it ends up being that's that's just sad that's embarrassing 
mm-hmm. um, with how good on paper, at least they're how good on paper they're supposed to be. And I don't even know if that's like, like it's a testament to the Giants, but also, man, y'all didn't perform the way you're supposed to. Oh, I, I think this is 100% still. a testament to the Giants more than anything. The Dodgers have played very good yeah. baseball. They have a very the good Dod- record. The Dodgers are are having a weird like World Series hangover type year, especially with like the offense and key situations. They're 1-12 in 12 or 13 in extra inning games. Um, and they sell the second-best record in baseball behind the Giants. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree, though, that if the Giants have a different season, if the Giants have a season like they were expected to have, and, you know, San Diego, to all their credit, is putting enough pressure on the Dodgers to where they maybe would have done this too um, if the if the Giants were a non-factor here. But I, I think there's a world where if they're not trailing at this point in the season, they, they go ahead and say, you know, we're going to keep our assets. And I, I think that we still have the best team in baseball by far and we like our chances with the starters that we have. And they they roll at the deadline, like maybe add some some other, you know, not earth shattering pieces and and keep their their prospect depth. I I really do think that the Giants are the reason for the Dodgers I, making the moves that they did. Yeah, I I mean and all I, the injuries that's, that's, the Dodgers have had. I think I think uh, Uy, I'm I'm kind of on that same boat with you. A couple days ago, I I was reading an article that said uh like this is their record then not now but the ain't i mean not the angels the dodgers are 24 and 29 against teams with a winning record at that point like yeah they've had a yeah they're 22 games over 500 but like you said right they they're they're kind of having a legit world series hangover type year and i mean there's injuries there's uh just playing poorly or guys not living up to well, how they're like their expectations of themselves as a team, as a as individual peop, um, players too. It's just there's two months left in the season. I think just saying, uh, I, I think like they had to go out and become extra aggressive with those trades to win that division. The division is incredibly important because, I mean, we talked about it. One of these three teams, I, all these teams are going to make it, but one of these three teams isn't going to. Uh, make it past the wild card. And I feel like that, I don't know, with the Dodgers, it's just going to seem the most like a failure compared to the Giants or Padres if they lose in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's always yeah, that weight. That. Spe- they're, they're, the reigning, they're the reigning champs, and they spend more than anybody. They are as well-oiled a machine as exists in baseball. So the expectations are, of course, going to be highest for them. What a division to watch. This is going to be probably the division to watch down the stretch. And if it's not this one, then it's the AL East. Because, oh my god, what a freaking bloodbath. As a Yankees fan, I hate it. I kind of like it, but I hate it. Because this is is a division. Here, Here you go. Where three of the top four teams, Tampa Bay, New York, and Toronto are all 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, have been playing great since the All-Star break, and have not moved the needle at all, other than, you know, outside of the Red Sox, who are the other team in that mix, and they've gone 2-8. and eight. 
in that stretch. They've come back down to earth, as I mentioned earlier. But they were way ahead, so they're still in second place right now. All, uh, all three of those teams really, other than, with the exception of the Rays taking over the division lead, haven't moved the needle at all. Oh, yeah, and the A's have also gone 8-2 and two in their last 10, and they still hold a wild card spot. So the fact that, you know, there's there's four teams in this one division that all reasonably could end up with, you know, four of the seven best records in the AL, you know, like with, within reason, you know, that, that's a pretty reasonable expectation. And two of them probably won't make the playoffs because the A's are playing so well too and that and that's wild to me just the how how lopsided everything is here um and it, it really can't be overstated how important winning the division is when all of these wild card teams are just terrifying with the prospects of just how how good they are in in, in their own ways they they they're different than these NL West powerhouses which you know, to their own credit, are just really well-built teams. But, I don't know, I feel like with a lot of these teams, it's more just, they have one element to their to their roster that's just particularly scary and, and, and lights out in a different way than others. That's especially scary yeah. for a one-game play-in. But both both have <laughs> to be fascinating because um, presumably, uh, unless the Reds just go off and the Padres struggle um it's going to be a division rival two good teams that know each other well kind of randomness game in the NL and then in the AL I mean it could be division rivals if the the A's get surpassed or whatever happens but it's literally just like these two teams are super chaotic with like what they're good at so this wildcard game much like a lot of the recent ones that the Yankees have played in general are going to be just chaotic as well Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, go ahead i was just gonna say like with with the yankees in particular in the the issues that their their starting pitching has really gone through the ups and downs of this year it like especially with them the wild card game is the garrett cole game for the yankees so of all the teams that could be making a wild card appearance that is probably the one you least want to encounter for one reason or another. Uh, yeah, what were you going to say, Furbode? I was just going to say that we're talking about how important the divisions are right now. What about an impromptu pick? Two months out, who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the East? I really... Tampa. I Tam- really Tampa, don't see Tampa about, losing the grip, yeah. You, you talk about a team of destiny... Tampa feels like that team. Oh, 100%. They they lead the league with 35 comeback wins and not just like oh they were down one nothing in the first or ever like they have come back from huge deficits. <laughs> yeah, a lot this year. Dude, they they I mean, they're not only like a well constructed team, they're solid like I can't not root for them um with Nelly Cruz there now. Um and yeah. More like more than anything these guys are all in more than we've seen them in the past. Like their deadline, they didn't finish some of these deals, but at least we came out after that. They offered Tyler glass now 
before the news came out about his Tommy John for Chris Bryant. They were trying to get that bat in that lineup for this stretch for run. Kimbrel. Yeah. Like Kiermaier was on the table for Bryant. They, they they were just there the entire like that, that's just I I've had the I've had the Rays and I think the Rays are going to win it. Um I feel like the Red Sox are what everyone thought would happen to the Giants and eventually with how hot the Jays are, how exciting they are, it's going to be more so a Rays Yankees Blue Jays thing. Um, obviously, the Red Sox can turn around, getting Chris Sale back can help, but I don't think that's going to be enough um, for them to compete with the other teams. The Yankees are finally feeling good about themselves uh, now after half a season of just being the most confusing team in baseball. Um, but yeah, I picked the Rays. They still are. <laughs> oh, I mean, 100%. That, that game today, oh my God, that was the most frustrating games. game I've ever watched. <laughs> and what? <laughs> um okay so what about the nl west that we talked about this um oh well uh, i'm too invested in the dodgers to say they won't do it so i'm kind of abstaining from this i don't want to make a call yeah no Wait. i i think i think the dodgers is the is the right call here too because the giants I, well, it really depends on how many more times the Giants and Dodgers are going to play each other, and I, I don't know that. I really I don't. I think they only have one more series left, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not quite done with with what I wanted to say about the AL East, though, either. I'm not saying we're done. I just wanted to bring that up. No, that, that's that's completely fine. Uh, you you, glo- you kind of glossed over it very quickly with the Blue Jays and them looking like a powerhouse team. They really, really especially right now at this moment have the best lineup in baseball like sorry dodgers but if you're just looking at the the quality of hitters that they have going right now like yeah the the dodgers have like mvps for days and and whatever but the the blue jays are just firing on all cylinders right now they have george springer back at the top of the lineup who is the second consecutive player of the week winner He's going absolutely nuts, and that's adding basically an MVP caliber bat right into the middle of that already deadly row of like Simeon, Guerrero, uh, Bichette, and Teoscar Hernandez, which is, you know, right now they're they're back in their home ballpark. They have the mojo, and like you said, they're probably the team that I'm most scared of in this division because the Rays and the Red Sox, like, yeah, they just play really fundamentally sound baseball and have really good bullpen pitch you know they're not going to throw a lot of games away um late in the game but the blue jays are terrifying in a totally different way and i could i can see them making a legitimate it's really congested the blue jays have been through the most out of any team off the field this year with the fact that they've had to play them three different ballparks that for their home park yeah yeah, th- the resilience is there on its own. I personally think maybe this is just whenever the Blue Jays are good, I feel like uh, Rogers Center in Toronto is one of the most electric venues for baseball. Do you remember twenty? Like this feels a lot like twenty fifteen when they went out and got David Price and uh, Jose Reyes or Tulo. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Tulo, yeah, they got Tulo. They went out, right? Yeah. 
they they went out and got David Price and Tulo, and like the first game, Price pitched like it. I don't think a single fan was sitting down. Obviously, that home uh, Bautista's home run in the playoffs was just like the camera was shaking. Um, when that team's good, they have the entire country behind them, and it's just more momentum and more fun um, for everyone. So I'm I'm just rooting for them to overtake the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty damn they're pretty damn good. Yeah, George Springer with one of the most iconic home runs of the regular season to this point, capping off. They were oh, yeah. they were down eight four. I think the comeback was even was even larger. They it might have been seven one seven two at some point um, against the Red Sox, the team that we mentioned, and they completed that thanks to a George Springer go ahead three run home run in the eighth inning off of the Red Sox closer, and that's. That's crazy. This is this is the time of year now where you're going to like look at the the box scores day to day and you're going to see games that are going to make your eyes widen. It, and sometimes it's going to be games like that and sometimes it's going to be games like this this Yankees Royals game where there's four blown saves in consecutive innings and they still end up getting the win somehow. Uh yeah, and sometimes it's going to be just like crazy crazy comeback wins because it's all about resilience at this point in the season and how much you have left in the tank. So I, I, I'm ready to see them all empty empty it out and see what they have left. And uh, I guess Mariners and, and Angels like, picked a bad year to be to be just okay <laughs> because um, that, that is an uphill battle for sure. Sorry. Sorry to you AL West teams. That's okay. 2022 World Series. <laughs> next, there's we always next this. year. Um. Yeah, man. I think that's gonna wrap up our discussion on on all of this, all of the the wild card race stuff. Um, I will be returning to that probably each week moving forward to some extent. And yeah, what what else we got? Some other random news bits here. This week there will be a what what are these called? Like special event, special venue games. It will be the Field of Dreams game on thursday correct it's just one and it's just one game it's not an entire yeah, series. yeah they game. fly uh basically they fly in if there's no weather issues or anything they fly in play the game leave yeah and was that the plan originally or were they gonna do a series yeah. originally i can't I, remember. I think it was, I think it it was, was the one plan. game oh. yeah they, they go back to chicago to finish off the series after yeah but uh they do have an off day the next day for those two teams okay yeah it's just extra travel time so yeah makes sense yeah well that'll be the the white Sox and the yankees right yes they'll be in like old-timey uniforms so Ooh. did you see those uniforms those are sick Uh, i think the white Sox are sick but i've uh heard on a podcast say like the yankees is just like kind of dumb like it but like at the same time it's kind of just the fact that the yankees have been wearing the same thing for hundred years so you can't really have old-timey uniforms if you've been if all you've done is just add a swoosh to your uniform and make it made it nike you can just um, reduce you can just reduce the, the saturation on the uh left sleeve uh, yeah That'd be good, all you can just reduce yeah. the saturation of the colors in the, in the jerseys to make them feel more <laughs> like old-timey. in dial on down. one <laughs> on one hand it looks pretty cool on another hand it looks like the non-authentic jerseys and t-shirts that are sold at uh target 
Yeah, well, I mean, they're not, they're not they, actually they going out there. They should have to wear stuff just as baggy as they wore it in, like, the 19th. Baggy, Absolutely. just yeah. hot I think that cloth. would make it good. Mm. Full, yeah, 100% cotton. I think that would make it good. <laughs> oh, my God. Old-timey, old gloves. <laughs> yep. It'll be a cool game, though. It'll be a cool venue for sure. And I think there there still will be the Williamsport uh, yeah, Little League Major League or whatever. game. Yeah, the Little League Classic in a couple weeks. The Field of Dreams game, I believe, is going to be on Fox on Thursday. Mm. So the soothing sounds of Joe Buck will uh, accompany that game, I believe. Hey, he uh, hosted Jeopardy today. What the heck? Yeah, and also I heard that Je- uh, that Jeopardy's like their their full time hosts. They they said they want them to quit whatever job is they're currently doing. So hopefully Joe. Come Buck on, is Joe week. Buck. <laughs> did you did you steal that joke from James Holzhauer yes. on Twitter? Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. Does he also hate yes. J- hate Joe Buck? I don't oh, hate apparently. Joe Buck, by the way. It's just kind of fun to hate Joe Buck. Like I don't actually hate him. No. He's a very average broadcaster. Like, he is a good guy. He is very funny in the show Brock. He hasn't. I don't. I don't know if any of you have seen. Years. I don't know if any of you have seen Brock Meyer, but Joe Buck is great in Brock Meyer. He's a recurring guest character in that, as himself. I have not. You guys no. need to. He, he has gotten better over the past five years. I think I watched some like old um, World Series highlights or whatever, and he yeah, some very underwhelming like calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mean to i mean i'm gonna be a joe buck apologist like people don't like him for several different reasons but when we had the chance to talk to him the those same reasons came up in the questions but we asked of him like how do you deal with the hay he was like honestly like i know some people just think that my broadcasting isn't um up to what their level is but I'll, all i do is like I, I call the play and i want to bring the fan from home into the stadium like through their television to like feel like this hear the sights and sounds so he's not going to talk that much but um that's my tangent uh i don't think he's as bad as a broadcaster as people say but like Uwe said it's kind of just fun to hate on joe buck <laughs> yeah it's yeah joe buck joe buck the person and like kind of the, the mentor to like young broadcasters sorry it's great sorry joe um but like, and I—that's kind of a code of long broadcasters. You kind of let the uh, fans do the do the service. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he has some weird calls. Just the way he hangs on like, <laughs> just the way he hangs on certain syllables. It's hilarious. It's a it's a hard thing to do. We we can uh, quickly shift the the trash talking of Joe Buck back over to where we started the show in, in trash talking NBC and just talking about the Olympics a little bit. We can talk Olympic baseball in the recap of, of that. It's weird to say the USA or any team that, that plays in a final match, uh, that they win the silver medal. They, they really lost their way to the silver, but you know, they, they won other games. So good for them. I, I mean, they, they you say like to, to Japan. Yeah, you said at the beginning of the show, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, that uh, wish we they got more. There's only one level higher, and yeah, in no world would it be possible that for the USA to go out and field their best team and have like what the NBA has sometimes with like their dream team, mm-hmm. um, because of I mean, just how baseball season lines up. They no, they could. I just doubt that the you know the fine relations between 
the MLBPA and MLB will allow them to have like an Olympic break. See, like I'm I'm not gonna even just mention that just because I think that puts you through a whole different um that sends you into another can of worms of like even if that happened which teams would say all right yeah but yeah guys uh we're in the middle of our season you guys can go risk injury in the playoffs i mean in, in the olympics or whatever um but not opening that can of worms i i think it's fine that they they got the silver instead of the gold i mean the, look at the team that they fielded the fact that they got there um is is pretty great i japan won it on their home turf which is like you, you have to be happy for people um for for that for that country for those that team um but yeah like there's just our the team usa is just never going to be able to field their the best nine in the world on any given night we're gonna have the scott casimir's out there um pitching pitching their hearts out for team um for team usa and that's just how it's going to be but the fact that I don't even know if this is our B team. It might be our C or D team. <laughs> One the silver is like, oh, cool. Yeah. And shout out uh, former yeah. Angels manager Mike Sosha for leading Team USA to the silver. One thing I do like and would like to see more of, actually, is uh, young guys who are not 40-man rosters. Absolutely. Uh, play uh, Shane Baz and I believe Sammy Woods Richardson, who was traded while traded. he was at the Olympics. Um they were there, which is nice to see. Uh, Julio Rodriguez played for the Dominican Republic, who won bronze. And, yeah, it's just these young young guys, kind of how it used to be. It used to be college players, especially when it had to be amateurs. It used to be college mm-hmm. players and minor leaguers who went over. I think that's a very interesting way of going about things and mixing in some, like, former major leaguers uh, who are either free agents or not 40-man currently. Yeah. No, I, I think it's I think it's amazing still. Like I, I say there's lofty expectations, but that's a it's yeah. a great achievement. Nothing is I given, do. everything is earned. Yeah, especially also, at that stage. Also looking at it now, um was Monsieur Tanaka's a major part, major influence of his decision to lead the MLB, the fact that he was gonna be able to play in the Olympics? I don't know. I wonder if he's been directly asked that at any point because it might have had something to do with it. That's actually a good point. Mm-hmm. I was about to say probably not, but yeah, no. Yeah, you, the, you should you should ask him. Because <laughs> that because that and uh, the MPB had an Olympic break, so that's why. Yes. He and many other um, Japanese players were able to play. I also I watched the bronze medal game, uh, and you know big comeback by not a big comeback but like a four run inning in a in the eighth down one by the Dominican Republic is awesome but I just feel so bad for Korean players because of that military service rule <laughs> mm. where uh the only people who are exempt of the a requirement by South Korea to serve in the military for 18 months between the ages of 18 and 35 is an Olympic medal and they had three games to earn Olympic medal, and they lost all three. And I just feel so bad for them that I can't help wow. for them every. every I did not time. know that. That is yes. That is an interesting nugget. Yes, man. So immense pressure. 
um, there, there always is. And that's, uh, the stakes are n- not higher in any athletic competition in the world. The World Cup, maybe, <laughs> which, which will be <laughs> next year, is, is the only other that, that compares, really. Like, we have the World Series. That's nice and all. We, we have that every year. And you're not competing against, you know, we call it the entire world. You're not actually competing against literally the best in the entire world at, in any competition. Like, you, you spend your entire life to have, if you're, like, one of the best athletes at your sport, three or four chances to compete um, just, you know, based on the length of your athletic prime and if it that, being yeah. every four years. And I think, right. yeah, I one of the things is when you just think of baseball and Team USA, you, you're just like, yeah, they should be the ones getting gold because of that. But if you think of the teams that won gold, silver, and bronze, baseball, those are the, the those are three of the most popular baseball countries out there. So it may, like it makes sense that they all did it. And one thing, one of the things I like most about the Olympics is you're not really mad that like like in traditional sports you're gonna be mad that x team finished above your team like i i can't be mad at like japan for uh for winning that game or for or like upset that japan won the gold because like i said they played their hearts out there they were on their own home turf like it's great for them uh if but if you do want to watch like the a team for team usa it's probably going to be in the world baseball classic and that is a great event but it's a little bit more centralized just because it's just baseball mm-hmm. yeah it's that that's a great one too i, I can't wait yeah. for that to return as well but oh yeah overall the most electric atmosphere has ever been in mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god that just robin like robin that home run i uh, was in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) i was so mad oh man yeah well you know uh, to to wrap that that whole piece up you know like great job on the baseball side of things but also just incredibly fun olympics to watch no no thanks to nbc but the the athletes in the the competitions that you could figure out how to watch it right just i I don't know nothing nothing gets to you in the emotional department of sports like watching olympians claim their glory It, it really is something else and it's two straight weeks of or it's more it's longer than two weeks it's it's just about two weeks yeah but it's 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 constant because you know you're rotating through through all these many different sports but the the common theme is that these are these are individuals who put so so much time and and effort into perfecting what they do and seeing the ones who who come out on top and just the outpour of emotions after you know like the most intense athletic exhibition just ever is you know it, it really doesn't get better than that it's cliche but um no it it absolutely yeah. doesn't these people are like you said they're putting every second of every day into training for four years if not more for some of them like 
gymnastics, dance, uh, diving, like a six second routine, like mm -hmm. the amount of pressure that goes into just doing that. And if those six seconds go any bit of any bit wrong, like that, just that's that pressure is intense. So just wa watching, uh, I, I was watching track and field. The guy, mm -hmm. like, was running around not being not believing that he won, <laughs> just because like, I think that's just the flood of emotions and just all of his hard work over the last four years and his entire life to get there. Yeah, lots of different ways to say it, but the the sentiment's the same. It it was a great Olympics. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's about the spot where we're going to wrap it up for today, actually. Uh, we didn't really, we kind of let off the show with the weirdest of the weird stuff. I do have Brock one Holt. weird thing. Well, okay, yeah, let's let's hear your weird thing. Um, So, this is something that was brought up by Angel's Twitter earlier today. So, I know what you guys think of Angel's Twitter, but it's a bit odd. Uh, MLB.com on their app, it has... Like, obviously, the game for tomorrow has the starting pitchers. It has, uh, it says Toronto Blue Jays lineup is currently unavailable. The Angels lineup, David Flesher, Shohei Itani. Okay, makes sense. Then they have Mike Trout and Jared Walsh, who have not been announced that they've, they're healthy. Mike Trout, we, ha we haven't heard anything about. It's like a WWE uh, style, like, return. Yeah, like, like oh, Jared Walsh. That's my like Jared music. They, they did say Jared Walsh could... They're hoping Jared Walsh could be activated tomorrow. So, like, that might be a possibility. Then they have Justin Upton. Okay, fine. Jose Rojas, he hasn't been called up yet. And so at least... But, like, by that logic, they're assuming... They're acknowledging that Anthony Rendon is hurt. And then the rest of the lineup is just normal. Uh, Iglesias, Stasi, and Lagares. But what... Is Mike Trout coming back? And there's <laughs> did they and like I'm I'm very confused. Is Mike Trout getting activated? And MLB just decided to tip us off at like 10 a.m. today, and then Jared Walsh too, and then like I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm gonna I need answers. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's a clerical error in just how they. Oh no! So wait, this is for the, the lineup previews tomorrow. You're saying? Yeah, against the Blue Jays. So the first game tomorrow is a makeup game from the, when they played. I think they were in Buffalo, or in the, they might have been in Dunedin, in Florida. So that is perhaps why the roster stuff is wonky. Well, that might. Be I mean, why. but then why is the Blue Jays lineup unavailable? I don't know. MLB, I don't. MLB is uh, not the best run organization, top down. So I I will say. I don't expect Mike Trout to be in the lineup, but yeah. I just found that really strange, and I, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just wanted answers. No, that's that is weird. I I'm pretty sure no teams do that. By the way, um, actually, just... no. So so there are there are teams that just throw out a roster of players as their this their previewed lineup, and it's not and it's not it at all. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a weird clerical error thing. Is is all you If can I wake up to. tomorrow morning and Mike Trout is in the lineup, I don't know. Then that'll be. I will do. Then that'll be a weird topic of discussion, for sure. Yes. So I don't know. It is definitely weird. The okay. The one other weird thing that really could have gone a different direction, 
and sparked a lot of outrage before being reined back in a little bit as to what was going on was at a Rockies game between the, the Marlins and the Rockies, there was one of the on-field mics that picked up a fan to what everybody thought at first was saying a racial slur uh, towards, I think Lewis Brinson was up to bat for the Marlins. It was Brinson, yeah. Yeah, and, and after you know investigating and I'm, I'm sure trying to figure out what the heck was going on, determined that the fan who was sitting behind home plate was yelling over to the Rockies mascot, whose name is Dinger, Dinger the Dinosaur, uh, you know, just, just, you know, yelling at him, trying to, trying to get the, the mascot's attention. And I, there's, like, camera angles of this, too, where you can see the particular fan, like, seemingly waving over towards the the dugout where, where the mascot is, and it, it and you, you can hear it. It's one of those things you can hear, hear it both ways, just because it's a background, you know, live mic on field. But my God, there was a lot of outrage, and then it was like, "Wait, what the heck is that? That is, that is some weird. This is there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. Some curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, I, mean, well, I, I think I think level. <laughs> I I did see a tweet coincidence of uh, basically creating a curb your enthusiasm th- uh, uh, scene out of it. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate this the swift outrage that came from what everybody mm-hmm. thought they were hearing initially. I appreciate that it was pretty one-sided and nobody was defending it. And then I, once it kind of became not evident, but it was like, they didn't, nobody really identified him right away. And it's like, I think it's good to know that he didn't just get away with this. Yeah. I definitely think that on one hand, like Ray said, I, appreciate the swift just outrage about it because if that does go on at a major league stadium not just at a major league stadium anywhere that's not okay and that should there should be outrage in like a public effort to stop that stop that frame of mind stop that those actions yeah but uh poor guy like (laughs) this is this is a good lesson of how social media can take one person's assumption and just run off with it. Yeah. And I definitely think that, like, that, like, I, I definitely think, I definitely appreciate the fact that the people who did start, like, who did report it, and, like, it's not just fans, but also, like, beat reporters who did report it and say, say some stuff of, like, ban the guy, blah, blah, blah. They came out and apologized today on social media. Like they they came out and said sorry for my part in it. I ran off with it and spread some facts that uh, spread some things that weren't facts. And I we, like the public outrage was absolutely correct for what was thought, but I really hope that guy didn't get like a ton of threats at the game. Yeah. Well, so the one the one thing is probably at the game, if you were just there in person, you could pr- probably more clearly hear yeah, what he was the, saying. The audio, I guess, is not the most clear. Yeah, you're picking up like a catcher's, like a you know around the catcher's home plate area mic from from the stands for one. I, I mean, uh, it also, is very it would have been very much it like been an more open concerning because the Rocky statement last night announcing the investigation into it was like we have not identified the fan who apparently said this racial slur 
it's like that's more concerning if he actually did say it because then nobody called him out on it security did not do anything about it but the fact that it was more mundane and uh again something better safe than sorry i guess on this um it all worked out in the end and i appreciate people apologizing for uh misreporting i guess but also i'm glad that this guy wasn't identified right away and like just shamed yeah i'm glad he didn't actually get banned from banned for life from from a baseball game for for that it's it's pretty open shut case like people thought they heard something that would have just been like completely outrageous and unacceptable and then it's like okay wait hold on a second let's make sure okay he he didn't actually say the thing that we thought he said. Okay. Um, and sorry, that's, that's about how the whole exchange went and should have gone. <laughs> so we're good. I, I, I know this is kind of uh, silly too, but good on the Rockies for actually investigating instead of just taking public opinion and watching the videos and just trying to find the guy, uh, like good on the Rockies for like speaking with and like trying to figure out what actually happened, what he actually probably like could have said what were alternatives to that um instead of caving to all that public pressure on social media on something that wasn't the case super straightforward at the end of the day but definitely really weird and i think the the rockies might be uh, trying to to rebrand their mascot maybe maybe we'll we'll rename the the rockies mascot next week if they don't by then (laughs) Uh, that's that's the biggest takeaway i think (laughs) i I saw a tweet earlier today that said uh it had a picture of a google search that said that and in the google search was uh racial slurs that sound like insert team mascot name here uh and it said um this is what every mlb front office is doing today um just (laughs) like it's in it's a thought exercise that you might that you might want to brush off and, and make sure passes the test here and there. It's not one that you think of very often. So uh, yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's that's gonna wrap it up for our podcast today on a on a very weird note indeed. But uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. And if you are still here, thank you very much for for sticking with us. We appreciate it. If you liked it, make sure to leave a rating or a review of of our podcast if you're listening on youtube then you know leave a like and subscribe if you want to see more podcasts and other videos and and random things that we'll we'll be doing moving forward and once again at beat the shift bp on twitter facebook and instagram it's the best place to get in touch with us we want to hear what what you have to say about about the the wild card races and and everything else that we talked about today so uh, make sure you, uh, you follow us there. All right, that is going to do it for today. Thank you, everybody, one last time. And as always, Farbode. Peace. <laughs>